My first question to you is what inspired you to write this project? Um, I think there are a couple of areas that I just had a personal interest in that I was interested in exploring somehow creatively, which is this idea that we should feel guilty or ashamed of pursuing our own pleasures, you know, when they don't hurt anyone else, why do we still feel this sort of almost puritanical shame that we want to be putting those things last or like they drop off the end of the list so much because we need to be out there helping and serving other people all the time. And um, so that's something I, I have been interested in exploring. Um, and also I've always been interested in um, people who have been able to break through that barrier and really embrace their own pleasure and really enjoy it. And one area of that has been uh, research that I'd done in the past into sex workers in countries where it's legal who have a kind of vocational aspect to what they do um, perhaps unlike other sex workers who do it for money or just because they enjoy it or because they need to temporarily but these people of which um, there are um, and I've read about them and I've always been interested in that that, that sort of see a vocational aspect to what they do so uh, um, I want to help people perceive pleasure and feel pleasure and I, I just think I just felt that this was such an interesting scenario to bring someone who has suppressed their pleasure for a lifetime, but knows they want to pursue it with someone who will help you do it. And what, what's, what would that would bring in terms of what happens next. And, and so I'd had this idea for a long time, a few years about this older woman who had booked this young man for the night and now she's finally done it. And now she's waiting for him and it's about to happen and she's terrified and he's about to arrive and then he does arrive and then it's like what happens next what would happen next in this situation that seemed it could be really rich in terms of truth or and, and funny I thought this is really funny you know all kinds of things could happen here and so I just sat down to write a draft in January 2020 and I just bashed out a first draft I hadn't spoken to anyone about it just mainly because I wanted to see what happened in this story. The script has this healthy conversation about sexual intimacy. How important was it for us, the viewer, to see it from a different uh, generational perspective? Um, I think it's interesting because some of the reactions and the responses have been really not age specific at all. Um, like people of all ages are telling us that they are relating to, to one or even sometimes both of the characters. Um, and so I think what it, it's, although in a sense, I think, it was interesting to write Nancy because she's the type of woman who's very familiar to me and, you know, a woman, sort of woman I could easily have been on that trajectory as a kind of English woman going out and about trying to be good, trying to run the charity jumble sale, trying to sort out the school, making sure you're, you know, that, and that all this sort of duty um, sort of drowns out any needs you have. And as you get older, that gets more and more aggravated. Some women who are older say, managed to just throw all that off and say I'm not doing that anymore and that's great but I think there are a lot of women who get more further and further away from the sense of their own pleasure and their own needs um, and so that is something I was interested in I'm 43 so I'm not as old as Nancy but you can see where you're heading with it you know as, as the the sort of responsibilities pile up um, and um, and so I think that it was sort of age specific in that respect and her anxiety about it and her sense that she's probably still of a generation where if you slept with a man, you'd probably marry him. Or you may not even find out what, how compatible you are in bed until after you're married, you know, she's, and then you're kind of stuck. 
Um, and so that was something I wanted to bring to bear with Nancy, I think. Um, and then Leo just was the sort of guy that had experienced shame early in life to do with his own pleasures, but had found his way through that just by being very intelligent and introspective and philosophical and finding a lifestyle that's unusual or a job that's unusual, but that seems to really suit him and he's really good at it and he takes great pride in it. Um, and so bringing these two things together, I think, I think that I, I just think it's sort of for people who relate to it, the age thing doesn't seem to matter. But it was interesting as a writing thing to polarize the ages, I think. So once you write the script and you kind of get it together, then of course Sophia comes on board to direct it. What kind of was it like building that relationship with her to kind of bring these words to life? Yeah, I mean, Sophie was great working with Sophie. I think just hands down the best director's notes I've ever had and just an immediate understanding of, I think, both of us, what we were trying to make and that we wanted it to be funny, but we also wanted to, it to have some truth in it. We wanted people to find it ultimately uplifting. So all of these things we were quite together on straight away. And Emma was already attached at that point because I had written it with Emma's voice in mind, although I'd never dreamt she would actually do it. But the producer, Debbie, really encouraged me and said, no, if you send, if you wrote it for Emma, it's a good idea to send it to Emma. So I, uh, so she was already on board when Sophie came on as well. So and she has said she could also hear Emma speaking the text quite clearly too. So, so we were both quite sort of together on that and that was quite set. But I mean, Sophie really opened out the back end of the script for me because the second half I was not very pleased with and I wasn't sure what to do about it. And she just made this sort of suggestion that was sort of quite elegant in its simplicity, which is they could just meet the fourth time. So I was quite stuck on them being a three act structure and all this rule of three and comedy and odd numbers and, you know, just stop. You know, she said, well, why don't they just meet another time? I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so that just totally opened it out then. So much more could happen, so much more. And so, so that was great, you know, just, just, and I love the international flavor to it too. I mean, Dowell is not British, she's Irish, Sophie's Australian and, and that as well just brings sort of other dimensions and aspects to it, other areas to discuss, stops it collapsing under the weight of its own Britishness a bit. Um, so yeah, working with Sophie was fantastic and I, I really, really enjoyed how that creative relationship developed. What are some of the challenges? Uh, like you mentioned, there's, there's a, it's very funny, but it's also very serious. There's also uh, a story being told that, that I think is important to hear in this generation. What was it like trying to balance all of these things together in that writing process? Um, well, I, once, I, once I'd found this particular tone that I really like, um, I didn't find it that difficult. I mean, I think you know, the, the urge to kind of undercut anything that's too earnest that goes on too long um, with some sort of little line here and there, a little wisecrack or whatever smart ass remark is, is strong. And sometimes I have to stop myself doing that and just, just let a moment play and just leave, you know, and allow that a moment of sincerity to, to happen. Because, you know, I'm always with background in stand-up comedy, you know, I'll, I'll say something, might say something a bit true or a bit thought-provoking, but you're literally seconds away from undercutting it to make sure you get the laugh back. And, and there is a bit of that in the script that I think works well and allow, it's allowed to do that, but I had to stop myself <laughs> doing that all the time. But I think as well, the other rule that I had, not a rule that I self that I consciously imposed, but one that I wanted to be there was that they are not the butt of the joke, 
they are finding each other funny. Um, we're not laughing at them. We're not laughing at Nancy for having these particular desires or, for, or at Leo for the life that he's chosen. That's not a joke between me and the audience. Like they're having jokes themselves together and we're laughing along with them. So, so once that was kind of set and they are having their jokes within their own scenario, then, then that feels quite easy because it feels like they're weirdly, it feels like the characters are in charge of the comedy somehow. So I know you wrote it with Emma in mind, but what was it like seeing her bring Nancy to life? <laughs> it was just perfect. I mean, it's just perfect. It's just a superlative, perfect moment. And, you know, I really backed off from the shooting period. You know, we locked the script and we all knew that we, it wasn't going to be an improvised in any way. So, uh, and I couldn't be there. It was very strict COVID protocols. It felt silly for me just to sort of be there um, causing potential problems, you know, so... So I was sent the rushes every day um, and, and just immediately from the first day, I just saw this, just the first take of the first day and it just was immediately like, oh, this is perfect. And also, you know, the other thing I was looking for was that chemistry between Daryl and Emma, which was totally there straight away. And you could just see it radiating off the screen, even in, a, even in the rushes. So, um, so yeah, it was amazing just to hear her say the words. It's just like, oh, it's just like the, the biggest itch being scratched you've ever, <laughs> you've ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs>